0: This is com.
1: Good morning and welcome to Disrupt with Improvement Labo. Thank you for joining us today for another intriguing episode of the show. Today with me in studio I've got Michael France. Michael, he's been in the automotive industry for 15 years and recently for the last 7 years. Um,
2: you've been working in the ICT industry. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Hi, I'm Pumi. I'm fine, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, interesting environment to be in to kick off the morning. Thank you. Um, but excited to be here. I hope we're going to have a good chat about uh, about uh, ICT and the automotive space and manufacturing.
1: Absolutely. And Mike, you know, on this show, disrupted with Pumi. Um, We focus on disruptive people or people that have been um, in various industries and how they've brought um, a disruptive energy into that space. Um, we focus on immersive disruption through in-depth conversations with leaders and business owners, um, business influencers, um, and technology trends across various industries. The automotive industry, how did you start and how did you decide to get into the automotive
2: industry 20-odd something years ago? <laughs> it was by accident, like all good things. Yeah. Um, I, I had zero automotive industry experience. I was working for a... Um, a heavy manufacturing business. Um, okay, and heavy uh, manufacturing. Yeah, I was I was uh, working in in Suspension City in Springs, um, heading up uh, architectural projects, and uh, I got a call from a, um, a, a search consultant out of the US, um, wanting to set up an interview with a, a French manufacturer in automotive space coming back to South Africa. <laughs> And, uh, of course I was in my twenties. Uh, I said, look, I think you got the wrong mic. Um, <laughs> I can just about buy a car, um, let alone help you sell them. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can check the number. And, um, yeah, it took about four or five phone calls for me to eventually say, okay, lady, who, who is this? And, and what do you want from my life? And, um, it was, uh, it was a French manufacturer coming back to South Africa. They'd heard about me from, uh, uh from my, my dealings in the glass business. Obviously glass is important in the automotive space. Yes. Um, and, uh, I I met with a fantastic uh, person who, who, who is setting up this business and he asked me to come and help build the business. Um, and, uh, went home, chatted to She Who Must Be Obeyed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we decided, yeah, okay, let's, let's go for it. Let's go and see if we can crack this, this industry. And, and that's how it started. So I think where, where preparation meets opportunity, uh, you get lucky sometimes. Yeah?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so you started in, what was your first role at the time? What were you
2: Um, doing? I was in, I uh, started in, in, um, in, What they call uh, area sales management. So, uh, but, but being a startup, um, you know, I was thrown into the deep end in terms of uh, helping set up. Um, dealer groups and, uh, and getting them sorted out and, and appointing dealers, um, getting the stock levels right, uh, trying to figure out how to do all the finance stuff. Mm. Uh, so it was really a startup in a very mature business. And I was very fortunate. It's, it's not often, um, that you, you get to be in that position and exposed to that many things in the auto sector, uh, without really cutting your teeth through, through all the stages. And um,
1: at a very young age at the time. At it? a
2: very, pretty young age. Yeah. That was, it was, it was nerve wracking. But, uh, but excited to get the center.
1: Okay, and then um, how long did you do that for?
2: I did that for four for about four years, um, okay. and then um, and, and and in the automotive sector, you 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 hope that you get good enough and you get the call for uh, for for a manufacturer in South Africa, um, and uh, because that's really that's really key. And uh, I was very fortunate; um, got asked to to join a, a German manufacturer um, uh, in South Africa, and okay. uh, and uh, and went across.
1: Okay, so but so you saying that um, you always want to work for one? of the OEMs that are manufacturing locally in country or yeah, assembling it's, it's, or assembling in country. Yeah, it's, it's
2: a different model. Um okay. it, it's difficult when you're an importer only. Okay. Um because you you're you know the tax on the import vehicles is is difficult it makes it difficult for those manufacturers to to sometimes be relevant at different price points in the market. Okay. Um and 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 I think having exposure to manufacturing in my previous career to that point um I always thought it would be great to be involved in, in an OE supplier or manufacturer that, uh, that, that was manufacturing vehicles in South Africa.
1: Okay. And, and what is different fundamentally?
2: Um, I think the maturity in the market, um, the, the commitment to the manufacturing space means that you, you're able to price position product better. Okay. Um, and, and, um, and you are, you're in, you're, you're linked completely as part of the fabric of the country, you know, automotive manufacturing and, and, and the, the supplies that feed that business, um, and survival of that business are absolutely critical to, to our people and, 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 I think that's that you you have a different view in terms of longevity you have a different view in terms of commitment from the motherships okay um and that's important
1: yeah yeah and now tell me what what roles did you then fulfill at that stage in your career
2: yeah so i was in a in a in a funny business unit uh, we looked at uh, long term financial um survival uh, and and fitness of the of the retail space. So the dealer groups. Okay. And the dealer businesses. Um you know what, how what does we, that mean? Well, you know, the dealers are independent businesses. Um they have what they call a franchise agreement with the okay. manufacturers. Okay. Um and and you have various elements within the OEs. Uh, you've got the vehicle sales, you've got uh parts, you've got uh workshops, um, you've got finance. And, and they all have their own KPIs. They all have to be successful. Um, the, the company that I worked for had a very particular view that, uh, you needed some part of the, the OEM business that actually looked at and made sure that the dealers were going to be there tomorrow, next okay. year and the year after. Okay. Um, beyond just the, 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 med, the metrics, um, of, of how many vehicles did you sell last month? Um, and uh, we had it was, it was a fun team. It was great. It was serious business. We 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 were responsible for long term planning. Uh, it's it's great when the sales guys say we need you to sell 100 vehicles this month. Um, but what does that actually mean for a business? Um, how many salespeople do you need? Are they trained? Do you have the space? Absolutely. Have you got the financial means to to stock 100 vehicles to sell? Yeah. Um, and and those those things are important that you you look at it holistically. Yeah?
1: Okay. And now recently you've been um, in the ICT industry. Yeah. Um Our sponsors on the show are T-Systems, and I know you work for T-Systems locally and internationally mm-hmm. within the automotive team. Mm-hmm. The switch, you know, from automotive industry, manufacturing, heavy manufacturing at some stage into things that are not so tangible, you know, in the ICT space. Mm. What was the decision around that? And, and what's that
2: been like? Um it was it was again uh, an interesting decision um, to take. I think that that ICT I, I took a view of it and said, well, well, the IT business has really has always been up until up until recently has been a space that was um, a line function, able to enable business to work. Um, yeah. And and I took a view that that what's going to happen in, 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 in industries across the board, regardless of whether it's automotive or manufacturing, um, IT is going to become a pivotal part of the way we engage with customers, uh, the way we, um, as an OEM, how you engage with the customer, um, how you deliver services and, um, and experience. And, and I thought that it'd be a very interesting, um, pivot in 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 my career path to say let's take the little bit that I know about the automotive space and the manufacturing business, and let's see what would happen if we took what IT can bring to those businesses and um and explore that with customers. Um, I think the need for uh digital direct contact with customers from from organisations as big as multinational OEMs in, yes. in the automotive space is critical and 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 all businesses are going to have to move that way, if not already there. Um, the, the that, Im- that, this multimedia platform of which we're part of today, yes. um, in, at Cliff Central is, is actually forcing direct brand association and brand contact. Um, and, and it can be as simple as, uh, I was on Twitter last night, uh, yeah, looking at the feedback of of some journalist in the U.S. who was complaining about uh, having paid for a seat on an airline being shifted, and the fallout from that in terms of her approach, uh, which self imploded, mm. um, uh, versus the the airline and how they directly responded on the platform, it's it's a showcase of of that digital direct brand contact, um, and and I think that the the auto and manufacturing businesses need to have that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, have they really? And I'm looking at myself as a, as a consumer, but yeah. you know, I think IT has moved beyond like computers and servers in a back room somewhere and, and it's almost part and parcel of everything we do. Oh, yeah. So, so within your customer space, would you say they've really embraced technology to the extent that it's part and parcel of ownership of a vehicle that I'm really connected to
2: my car in that way or is it still back office stuff? Um, let me use a let me use a car analogy, right? It's yeah. it's the it's the highway, right? Yeah. I think we're we're all on the highway. Uh, we're all going in generally the same direction. Okay. Know? Um, some of us have just started, and we've packed the bags and we're on our way down to the coast. Others are already past Harry Smith, and others are approaching. Uh, you know, the North Beach in Durban. Um, I think we're all that all of our customers are on this journey. Okay. Um, the auto industry is really awesome. Um, when it comes to uh, the transaction of buying a vehicle they know literally everything they need to know about you okay um they're also tech savvy and, and quite mature about it is that um many of the customers know already and understand that the touch points to the brand are no longer just the the dealer visit yeah you know if, if i think back to when when i was younger um you know we've come a long way from having to go to the dealer and uh and and then sort of having a conversation with the sales guy, and then you know we moved into the test drive phase. Um, now we're finding that that customers are online. Um, the The average visits to a dealership in the car buying process um, is down to two point two visits, which means that the customers not going to shop around. They're yeah. not they're not walking the aisles. Yeah. They pretty much know more or less what they want, um, and and they're going to go for a test drive. And and I think that's that's also that's changing, um and 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 that's a validation point for them that I've made the right online decision. I'm just going to go and experience the brand, and and understand it. And the second time is I'm going to go and fetch the car. Um, so the so second time is actually to go fetch the go car. fetch the car. Yeah. Um. So so it's it's quite an interesting process because it puts it puts that that digital direct association. Into sharp focus, you know I mean customers are accessing information online they 're doing it via omni channel environments um, and I think it 's a great leading indicator in terms of other industries um, that 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 this evolution to online is 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 here now it 's not something that should be talked about into the future it is it is happening as we speak
1: yeah, speaking about evolution, we spoke a bit earlier about how um, the, the, the automobile has effectively been quite a nice analogy for. The different industrial revolutions we've been through, you know, from mm-hmm. the combustion engine to now we talk about, you know, the advent of autonomous and self-driving vehicles. Um, can you maybe just, you know, speak to that a little bit in terms of, you know, where the
2: industry has started and how it's evolved and where do we see it going into the future? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, I think to come back to your point. So if you look at the, the fourth industrial revolution and and we go back to version one. Yeah. Um, really the steam engine, uh, and, 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 and mechanizing the horse, right? I mean, that's where it really started. Yeah. Um, and we still talk today about horsepower, which is, which is quite interesting because it harks back to that time. Um, and, and then we, we shift forward to the, to the industrial age and, and, and the production line. And there are many anecdotal stories about, uh, Henry Ford and starting the production line. You yes. can have it in any color as, as long as it's black. And there. we talked to that mass production. We we built up skills as a as a people, as a as a human race that says we can we can mass produce quality product, um, quickly, and we can serve a market that way. And that spun off into into that that manufacturing phase of many products and many things. But really um,
1: driven largely by. I guess, um, developments in the automotive manufacturing space.
2: Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that, that the auto industry took a, a very strong lead in that, in that space and, and, and how, and how that, that manufacturing e- evolution happened over time. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll, I'll give you a little anecdote to think about as well. I mean, we talk about the nine to five or the eight to five, you yes. know, like our work day. Yeah. Yeah. Why did it start that way? It started that way coming out of Europe because, um, when we started with factories, we could only work eight to five because that's when we could see what we were doing, uh-huh. right? I mean, just, just think about it, right? And, and let's fast forward that into our own workspace today. But we'll we'll get to that as we go to the fourth industrial revolution, yeah. And then we move we move forward into the into into the the mid twentieth century, and and then we started seeing. um the safety and security aspects of vehicles come to play that's when volvo started with the, the three-point seat belt yes. and, and we were still as as younger kids we were on the on the parcel shaft at the back of the car going going on weekend drives yeah um and, and and you know we survived right i mean we didn't have five point child harnesses and and, and yeah, we were lucky right um and and then we started evolving technology within the vehicles um to the point where we had we took um ABS brakes from the from the the aircraft carriers where it started ABS came from the aircraft industry oh, um and they developed ABS brakes to to help stop planes on aircraft carriers all yeah, time yeah. they wouldn't fall off um but it was adopted into the automotive industry and that shows you how technology starts to get adopted and 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 now we're we're at the point where we at where we at industry 4 right and industry 4 is really about is really about how do we how do we take the technology and the knowledge we have and and how do we bring that into the automotive industry um, and, and and there are spin-off concepts and ideas that are happening. We have connected vehicles and again, we talk about the highway. There are many brands that are well on their way and others that are starting and catching quickly um, and others that are still making key decisions okay. about how so, they are So I just
1: want to like just stick on that for a little bit. So a connected vehicle, because you know, the term connected is, is quite broad. Yeah. It, it, within the industry, when we talk about a connected vehicle, is it just having the ability to make calls from my <laughs> phone or what is
2: it? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, connected vehicles and, and, and i always talk so about
1: navigation or what is,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a difference in, 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 uh, in my mind about whether I can connect and mimic my cell phone apps on, on a dashboard screen. Okay. And that's one version of it. Um, to being digitally connected to my, to the brand that I drive and they know what's happening in the vehicle. They know it live. So if there's a light on the dashboard. The, the OEM knows about it at the same time. And how did they help me as a customer? Um, and how did they help me with, with, uh, with services that I need as a, as a, as a customer? Yes. Um, and, and that, that involvement is happening quickly. Um, so, so we're definitely seeing, um uh, two streams. Uh, personally, I believe that, that true connected vehicle will be, will be evolved into, into services and offerings on the screen or in front of the, in front of the driver and very closely linked with autonomous drive. Okay. Um, and as we move forward and, and just to close that topic. So, so I'll come back with a question for you. If we're now at a point where we're in a knowledge economy, we all, we all agree that, that we've moved beyond the, the, the manufacturing production. Yes, it's all there and it's important, but we're actually in, in many parts of our economy. It's a knowledge base. And yet we still talk about eight to five. Hmm. And it started when we didn't know what we were doing in the dark. Right. We couldn't light up the factory, the factory yeah. properly to actually operate the machines. Yeah. So it's an interesting analogy in terms of how we evolve and, and, and how as a society we need to look at things, uh, maybe with different lenses, right?
1: Yeah. And, and I know I read an article that BMW, um, mm. have already got connected cars in South Africa. Yes, they do. So can you talk me through that? Because I want to use that as an example just to clarify this connected car story and what it actually means now and what it's going to mean into the future
2: sure so so uh, we're very fortunate that that we partner with with BMW uh, on connected drive um it's a great platform um there are many other customers of ours that are making equal progress in that space, but let's use your example. Okay. Um, so, so connected drive is 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 able to deliver connected experience to BMW owners, um, and it allows um, the brand to to offer different services. Uh, last this week, um, I read an article that uh, that showcased how uh, Microsoft is going to work with BMW to deliver um, um, Skype for Business into the vehicle. And I think that's fantastic. Wow. It means that you can Skype for business a meeting call in your vehicle without having to connect the phone. And I mean, you could do it if you had Bluetooth in your, in your, in your, in your car and you had Skype for business on your mobile phone. You could connect it up if you click the right buttons in the right sequence. But yeah. I think it's quite interesting that they're trying to do a seamless approach to it. Okay. Um, that it's, that it's natively built into the vehicle. I think yes. that's interesting. Yes. So that's one example of it. I think the other, the other example is, um, is, is, um, where's it going to go to? I think that's also a question that you asked. And, 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 we're working hard with, with, with OE manufacturers to say, how do we connect the vehicle and your home? So how do we okay. provide connected home services within connected vehicles? So if you're, um, if you're at home and you want to, uh, you want to know what your connected refrigerator says you need to get um on the way home, uh, the way home how yeah. does it how does it push that information to the vehicle and make that available if you are if you need to give one time access to somebody at your house um how do you how can you open the security gate from your vehicle and let them in um and I think that's quite interesting. Uh, I think that that customers would appreciate those kind of that kind of connectedness. You know and mm. and the drive is always how do we how do we make it seamless? How do we make it that it's not a it's not a mission to 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 go from one piece of glass to another, but make it seamless? That that it's an experience. Mm.
1: And 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 then linking that now into um, something that's very topical, we hear about you know Google, um, Elon Musk, Uber. Everybody's working on these self driving and autonomous vehicles. Yeah. And and it's not traditional vehicle manufacturers. Correct. Right? Um, What's what's driven that? Because it almost felt like it came out of nowhere. As much as it's very topical now, it mm-hmm. was like, okay, when did we decide cars need to drive themselves? <laughs> you get what yeah, I'm saying?
2: I, I'm not sure I want my car to drive itself completely. I like driving a proper set car, in, you know, at the limit sometimes. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm going to do it all the time. But, but I think there's... It, Again, my 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 feeling is that there's going to be two types of vehicles, and we already see it in in the market today, right? You get vehicles that I call A to Bers. Okay. You buy them to, as a as a solution to transport, okay. right? They they they're not sexy. You never see them at the at at the places where you hang out in Pumi. Yeah. Um, you know, you see it in the in the school parking lot sometimes, but they, they get you from A to B, and they're reliable and they get it done. Um. And then you get the, the, the cars that really ignite the passion that make you want to drive, right? Okay. And, and I think we're going to see that. We're going to get autonomous vehicles that, that deliver the, the service that you need. And if you think about it, most people who don't drive around like crazy, like you and I do, but you know, 90% of the time that vehicle stands still. Yeah, it's true, right? It, it's in the park, not at work or it's at home. What if that car could be sent while you're at work to go and fetch the kids and take them home and then come back and get you? Right, I mean that's a really an, a mode of transport. It yes. becomes a um, a mode of transport, and 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 I think that that and you combine that with this this new generation that's coming through that, that says that's maybe asking questions like, do I really need to own a car? If we had in an, an, a, a society or an environment that provided reliable multimodal transport, both public and sharing, could I not just access the sharing and and have the hole in the wall instead of just going out to buy the drill? Yeah. Um, And then there's the other side of that same coin that says there is for sure going to be a section of the population that still wants to own a vehicle and they want a brand that they associate with. And that, and that technology is what they, they want to be passionate about. Okay. And, and I hope that we end up with both. It would be a crying shame if we couldn't have a, a, a modern day version of, of a, of an AMG or a RS or an, or an M vehicle. I think it would be crazy, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, lo- last week on the show, I had Stafford Massey, and, and he mentioned uh, something around the trucking business in mm. the US. Um, uh, that you know, it's, it's the largest employer, but it's also leading the industry is leading in terms of autonomous trucks. Mm. And earlier on, you also mentioned um, you know this, there was this vision 2030, I think you said yep, around yep. um, self driving uh, trucks, but mm. that they've brought that 2030 ten years or twenty years forward, whatever Correct. the case may be. Um, and so that kind of raises, I guess, some concerns around issues of employment, uh, which which are definitely key in the South African context, mm-hmm. um, on the one end. But it also
2: kind of shows us that this stuff is not that far out. No, it's it's not that far away. It's now. Um, you know, they've done a, a multi-brand test in Europe already, from the Netherlands um, all the way south, um, multiple vehicles using shared platforms to talk to each other, mm-hmm. um, autonomous driven. So, so when they say autonomous driven, um, the, the legislation still means you have to have a driver in the vehicle, yes. but that driver is reading the paper, um, playing the lotto, uh, <laughs> checking Facebook status, um, but in the, in the cab, but, but not driving. Um, and it was a real world test. It wasn't on a, on a, on a, on a, um, a closed off circuit. Okay. They did it across, across nations. Um, and, and for me, that, that's a, a to your point, that's a very worrying sign. And a very concerning sign as well for, for our country. Um, because, and, and it's for all countries. What, what do we do with people that are, that are reliant on, on, uh, on driving as, as a form of primary employment? Yes. Um, we, we, we have a risk in our country. I believe that we are not skilling our people. Um, to the point that they can operate an autonomous vehicle. So we need to, you know, we're not there yet. They're not selling them, but yeah. we need to be ready for these kind of things. Um, because I still believe we should have a a, a human being in the cab. Okay. Um, because um, the the autonomous truck will drive more fuel efficiency, which means that to deliver will be cheaper. Yes. that's proven. Um, but, but we still need to be able to operate this machine. And, and what does that look like going forward? And, and that automation part of industry four and this disruption to, to, with technology is going to put, um, jobs, low level jobs across the spectrum of our society at risk. Um, and that is a concern. And, mm. and the new term that you're hearing now is this net net economy, right? So, so as we automate and we take jobs from one area, how do we create those jobs in another area? You know, they, they, you often hear technologists talk about the the jobs that our kids are gonna have in in 20 years time. Half of them, more than half, haven't been created yet. Mm. My my counter to that is, what are we doing now? To make sure that the kids that are arriving in the next 20 years are actually ready for those jobs. What do we need to do? What bets do we need to place, um, with our education system and, and how we talk to our kids, mm. um, to make them ready for that environment? I mean, th- that's quite a, that's quite a big statement because yeah. we
1: need to think about these things. And the industry itself, I mean, is, is it, is it making those bets? Are we seeing the industry shift or are we still in for quite a long, period Where it will be as it is currently today fr- from the retail perspective in terms of vehicles
2: yeah um, I mean I think that that in the retail side um, I think that there's a huge shift um, in terms of how do we make the, the 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 experience? And and I believe we're part of an experience economy now. Okay. I think that there are many people who will associate with brands, consume services and products from brands based on the experience that they have. Whether that be how I uh, how I experience buying an airline ticket and being serviced from an airline perspective. Yes. Um, how I go into a retail space, whether it be online or bricks and mortar, and and engage with that brand, um, or whether I'm buying a vehicle. Um, or, or getting a vehicle serviced. Um, so so I think that that the the skills and training in the current environment, as we walk on that journey, are being put in place, and and it's it's part of the 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 approach that the the, the our customers will take and the industry will take into that 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 environment. Um, and the training needs to be there, and, and the change management to make it happen, but. I really believe that 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 it it will it will creep up on us. I don't think we're going to get a big bang where suddenly we wake up on Monday in two weeks' time and go, okay, uh, we suddenly have uh, driverless trucks on, on the, the entry yeah. between Durban and Cape Town or Durban and Joburg. I think that it will creep up on us more and more, and 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 that 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 change is going to drive a lot of. Concern after it arrives, I Mm.
1: think. But the but the signs are there, right? The signs um, are there. One of the large OEMs um, recently announced that they were leaving the country. Yes, Um, and um, you know, I I kind of you know was following the story, Mm. and there's a large pocket of people that were saying it's wrong. They're not confident in the economy. Things Mm. are going down, and I had a slightly different view on that. You know, to say perhaps they're shifting strategy because maybe they're seeing that outright ownership um, is not the future. You know, and that, um, you know, consumption, your transport, movement, mobility is actually what people are looking for. And, and in effect, then you don't necessarily need to be in country to retail the vehicles. You can take, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I got thinking to say Mm. it might not be a bad thing not to be, you know, sitting with a lot of infrastructure, buildings, you know, dealerships and all of the
2: overheads that come with that. Mm. Um,
1: what's your take on that?
2: I got a slightly different view. I think, I think the brand that, that has made the announcement, um, has made a number of announcements around different markets that they're extricating themselves from, okay. and also selling off uh, European-based brands because they're American-based, yeah. uh, American-based brands, and and their involvement in the European market. Um, um, my my view is quite simple. Well, it not simple, but it 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 has a view that this brand has a number of other issues. They got other they got other fish that they need to fry, um, and they need they need a war chest in their home markets to get themselves ready because they're not ready. Okay. Um, and and rightly or wrongly, they've decided that in certain markets, and a lot of it is developing mm-hmm. uh, markets, um, not only in South Africa but other key markets around the world, um and 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 the European market, which is traditionally a very strong order buying business okay um they they've placed they they've they've made um, decisions that they're going to remove themselves from these markets and build a war chest in terms of how did they ready their product and their offerings around things like autonomous drive electric vehicles um, but they i don't think they're in a position right now to be able to do both. To expand into new territories and do this stuff, right? Okay. So they, so I they, think so they've the, the they got to pick their battle, right? Um, in, in the South African context, just to bring it down to, to, uh, to our, to our market. Um, in South Africa, that brand was, I believe, not gearing itself for, 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 for big export contracts and and you need to be part of a global business when you're in the auto business. You can't make thirty to forty thousand vehicles. You need to be at the close to a hundred thousand, okay. um, because that that gives you economies of scale and gives you export contracts, which which is really what you want. Um, and I think that the, the there will be some right sizing in in that business in South Africa, but I think that the 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 Japanese um, contract that they've got for for pickups and and buckies is, is going to be great for them. Okay, um, going forward, it will. Be be not easy, but I think it's, it's, it's a good call for South Africa actually. And, and what we need to do is support that business and we need to, we need to, to put in place the right mechanisms from government down to, down to, to, to Joe public in the street and say this is, this is something that we can support and, 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 and give them the, 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 the right message in the market.
1: Okay. Um, you mentioned earlier 2016, um, mm. was the first year there was a decrease in the number of new driver's license worldwide yes um,
2: applications new appli- fir- oh. yeah new driver's license applications first, okay. first time worldwide we hit the pinnacle and it's on our way down okay Wh- interesting huh
1: yeah what is that telling us I, mean, <laughs> I have no you don't idea, don't, you don't have <laughs> idea.
0: <laughs> but
1: you know so in effect we're saying um, the number of people f- applying for driver's licenses for the first time is decreasing yes okay that would possibly be a worrying a statistic for a vehicle manufacturer potentially, yeah. because it says that their market is not growing, or their target audience is not growing. Well, yeah, potentially, the guys, well,
2: people who want to drive cars, yes, decline in in the traditional business. People right? who want to use cars, maybe not so much, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's quite interesting. It's an interesting stat, right? I mean, I think that that if you think about it, it's very it's a very complex thing to unpack because does that mean that people. Don't want to buy cars or use cars or does that mean that people are saying, well, or well, this next generation, cause typically it's younger guys and girls coming through, right? Yes. Who do the, who do, who do the the, the, time, the walk of, the walk of danger and go for that test and try and parallel park, right? Yeah. I mean, but if you think about it, if you, if you've got a kid who's, I've got a kid who's 10, right? I mean, if, if in the next eight years, the market moves the way we think it's moving and autonomous vehicles become a reality, will, will, A 10 or 12 year old today really ever need to drive a car? Or does he just need access to it? Mm.
1: Also, they could own a car earlier because you're not driving it, it's driving itself. Well, this is, you can own it from the age of 10. It'll just get you to where you need to go.
2: It'll just get you where you need to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. But I mean, I think it's it's a space
2: to observe. I mean, it could just be that there, there was. Yeah, so I mean if you're mistake. in the if you're in the if you're in the vehicle learner business or, or t te- or driver training business, uh, you maybe might you should teach, re-look at what you're teaching. Teach machines to drive themselves. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so um I want to just shift a little bit and mm. talk more broadly around the value chain that supports mm. uh, the automotive industry. So mm. I mean, by and large we understand it to be the different brands, BMW, Mercedes, Volvo, depending you know, Japanese brands or whatever. But there's also a whole ecosystem that supports it. So yeah. the parts manufacturers, the parts suppliers, mm-hmm. the maintenance companies, the mechanics and all of that, which is a, quite a substantial ecosystem. Mm. Um, and I know there's a lot happening in that space. Um, uh, I heard earlier that um, in India they're, they're piloting um, 3D printing parts in rural areas that mm-hmm. they'll then export all over the world. Mm-hmm. There's so there's huge opportunities in that space and a lot of
2: disruption happening there as well. Yep. What are you seeing around that? Um I think our you know, when we look at the market we talk we always talk about um three three areas of, of, of the auto industry. Okay. Um there's there's the dealer side, right? There's the OEM that assembles the vehicle, then there's the supplier business. Um that that and they're world class multinational companies. Uh, we should be very proud in South Africa of our supplier base. We we do great work, um, not only for local supply but also for export. Okay, so um, things from like, South Africa exporting to yeah, other parts absolutely. of the world with with the, with the OE supplies, things like catalytic converters. Um, it's great. It's, it's really amazing what we do there. Um, what I think we we should be looking at um, is uh, to, to your point around three D printing is is like we have used as a as a continent, we've used the advent of mobile mobile network operators to almost jump um, a step in the sequence of connectivity. Um, how can we use digital disruption to, 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 to encourage that, that localization, um, of supply, uh, in the South African automotive business? Mm. I, I was at the Narcam, um, conference in April in Durban. Uh, we were there, uh, with some of our partners. It was a fantastic event. One of the clear messages I got was that as an industry with government and the stakeholders, the South African automotive business is very serious about Increase in the level of local content, um, from a supplier perspective to the, the OE brands that are assembling, uh, vehicles and distributing vehicles in South Africa. Okay. Um, and, and to your point, how do we encourage and, and really work together as a collective to say, can we use things like 3D printing, um, to, to, to jump that, that, that sequence step that says, um, if you've been, if you've been manufacturing uh, vehicle lighting or vehicle wiring for for the last twenty years um, for a for a, a, a vehicle manufacturer in Western Europe. What's to say we can't use technology to to set up supplier businesses in South Africa okay. that actually use new technology to catch the experience curve. Um, and supply to 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 those customers in the channel uh, from a South African context, yeah, and there are solutions like that out there that can help us, um, but we need to be deliberate about it right yes. we, we can 't do this by accident
1: yeah and and my sense is that it 's not necessarily going to come from the traditional players i mean w- with all the great work they do we 've seen that in many cases this disruptive force has come from outside of the traditional Oh, place. yeah, it's left field, right? It's you don't left, see it coming. Yeah. And and I guess, I mean, you come from the industry. You work very closely with the industry. The conversations that are happening, are they really in this space or are they still trying to kind of manage what they have and keep that, um, you know, sustainable?
2: I think it's both, right? I yeah. mean, they, they've got to keep their business going. Um, but they've also got to acknowledge that, they, that um, we need to do different things in different ways otherwise we're not going to meet the the future demands um and and i'll give you a classic example of disruption from left field right uh if you get a minute uh, go find the youtube search uh, engine and 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 look up airbus um, um, airbus um, um, drone vehicle okay and see what you find. There, okay. There's a, there's a product that uh, Airbus did with uh, a Italian designer. It's called Ital Design. They, they showcased it last year. It's a vehicle that's electric and the, the part of the vehicle can connect to a drone to transport people, which also connects together on a train. Wow. And this is coming from the airline manufacturer Yeah. and a vehicle designer called Ital Design. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic, right? Yeah. We're not going to see it coming. Um, it's it's gonna come from different parts and and it's gonna come from different component manufacturers and, mm. and it will be an evolution, but it's quickly gaining pace. Mm. Um, and it's it's uh, to quote a, a friend and colleague of mine, uh, the future will belong to those who hear it coming. David Bowie said that. Yeah. Um, so it, it it is gonna come.
1: It is gonna come, and you know, just on that Airbus example, I know mm. in Dubai there's a video as well on social media of that kind of flying vehicle uh, yep. that cab that you kind of jump into this little futuristic looking mm-hmm. pod and you type in your destination yep. and i guess you pay via an app and then mm-hmm. it it can fly we're going to see flying vehicles
2: i think in our lifetime we will okay i think we will personal transport yes i think it will be usage based it won't be the primary solution for all of our people okay but i think it will it will come um to realize itself. And, and I don't think the use cases are clearly defined. I think that, um, we will, we will find the, 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 the market for that in, in, in certain pockets. And if you look at, if you look at mega cities around the world, you're already seeing the, the uber wealthy, uh, using helicopters to, to get above the traffic. Okay. Um, that personal multimodal transport will become a reality. Um, what it looks like, uh, if I had, if I knew I wouldn't be, I'd be investing. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fantastic, um, display of, of how disruption from various industries are going to merge. Um, and, and it, it will come. Uh, it will it's proven that the technology is there to do it. Um, things like autonomous drive, the vehicles can do it. Um, all we need to understand is the legislative environment. Yes. The insurance business needs to understand it. Yes. Um, and, and we need, and, and then we're ready and the connectivity, you know, we need things like 5G in this country. Mm. Um, and, and we need, we need all the stakeholders from government, um, all the way through to the vehicle manufacturers working collectively together to get things like 5G a reality so that we can have autonomous drive. Um, but, but we need to, we need to be looking at it and we need to be serious about, about how we create the, those environments to allow people and organizations to test and develop out these technologies. Cool. Yeah. Um, my concern,
1: amongst all of that, it almost feels like um, it's a wait and see for us. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From a, from a country perspective, and maybe mm-hmm. even into the continent, it's almost like, well, let's wait and see what uh, Google comes up with. If you get what I'm saying, and and listening to you, I mean, we manufacture and assemble vehicles here. We manufacture and assemble vehicle parts and components. We've got some of the best banking systems in the world You Mm -hmm. know, insurance We've got some of the largest global insurance organizations So if I look at the pieces that we have From an ecosystem point of view It's Mm -hmm. quite developed But somehow, we're still waiting to see How this all plays out Mm. Can't we, I mean, like uh, Lean into the disruption and, and become that force ourselves? Isn't there an opportunity for that?
2: Well, if I ask you I'll answer it with a question Yeah Right? Um where where is the who, who's got the answer for what it's going to look like in the next 20, 10 years? The answer is no one. So then it begs the question: Why does it need to come from Silicon Valley in the US? Yeah. Why does it need to come from uh, from a Western European design house? Yeah. Um, we need to. I think what what those regions do very well is they create the environment that allows entrepreneurship to flourish. And, and the digital disruption. And if, if we don't give our people that space to do it, it will not come from here. Mm. Um, and, and I'll cite you an example of, of, of a great project, which I think is showcases, um, how we, how we can take what's already been started and, and find our own solutions for it. Um, there's a, there's a program in Rwanda, uh, called Zipline, uh, which, which delivers vital medical, um, um, Requirements to outline and I think it's a great example of using drone technology um, to to answer a need for our people yeah. and I think we we shouldn't be fixated by um, what San Francisco or Western Europe or China is doing. We need to look at what problems do we have here and how can we use technology to solve those problems yeah. because if we lean into those things. We will find our own solutions. Mm. And, and there is, therein is the innovation. And when you get those kind of, um, when, when you see multinationals like DHL and UPS coming to Rwanda to see how this thing is evolving and how can they support it? Yes. It, it, it gives you the answer, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Right? So, so I think we, we need to, we need to create the environment, the real environment that allows innovation to flourish. Um, and and we need to to give that space to the right people and say, let's answer the needs that we have, um, and and from there our piece and our part of that innovation journey will 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 come forward. Mm. It's not about who does it first; it's about what is our contributing part Absolutely. to it. Absolutely, and we need to play that part Absolutely. as a, as a nation.
1: I really like that statement because it's not to say, well, because someone else has created something, that is the. Alpha and Omega, it's done. You know, there's always an opportunity. You don't have to be on the bleeding edge of innovation. Correct. You know, you can be on the third cart on the train, but you're on it. Exactly. Right? And you can then, like you mentioned earlier, even get to a point where you leapfrog because Correct. then you're not burdened with some of the legacy that they might have had to deal with in, yep. in developing what they developed. It brings, I mean, I'm thinking now as you're speaking about um, the project, remember there was a project, I think it was supported by the IDC as well at the time. We're developing an electric car here in South Africa. Yeah, the jewel. The jewel. Yeah. Yes, the jewel. Um, whatever happened to that?
2: Uh, I don't know the details. I don't think they're doing it anymore. Yeah. And I know it was discontinued, mm. but there was a lot of work, a lot of investment lot of, that uh, went we into We burnt that. a lot of fuel. Excuse the pun. Yeah. Uh, doing that project. Uh, and, and it's, it's a pity it didn't, it didn't get further legs. Mm. Um, I think that's, that, that we've shown our competence, right? I mean, I, I think that when, that we, 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 we bat above our weight, we, we box above our weight division Mm -hmm. when it comes to innovation. Yes. Um, worldwide. And, and I think we, we need to, but I don't think we pull it together in the correct way. And, and sometimes I think it's, it's, and not just speaking about, about specific industries. I think that, that we, we need to learn quickly that we need to collaborate more. We need to, we need to partner in the right way and, and socialize, um, globally the 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 right way to do it yes um is is maybe the right way to do it and and we and be and be our part in the journey um and 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 I, I think that that a great example I read last night uh, is the SKA project with the satellites. Okay. They're partnering with the CERN, Hydro Collider guys in terms of how do we share data because it's huge amounts of data. Oh, um, and, and that was they they made the, the the collaboration announcement yesterday, which I think is great. Yes, I think that that means we're working in world class environments globally, and and we're giving our part to that story, and they and we're sharing information. Yeah. My my question uh, or my my thinking around it is. Is if you have the start around the, a dual project, um, as, as a product and we get to the part, point where it's driving, it's there. Yes. It's, it's, product realized. Yes. I think we, we burnt too much and I don't know the intricacy of the project, but I think we, 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 we spent so much energy prototyping that we could have done it maybe a little bit smarter with the use of technology and, and just done it almost virtually to prove it. Mm, and maybe the um, timing as well. And the timing. Sometimes at the you time. get to the party too early, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you learn over time as you get, uh, that, that, that sometimes you need to time it. Um, and, and, and we're not alone in that. I mean, there are, there are plenty of examples of, of, of partners or, or people in the ecosystem who have tried to bring things forward. We've been talking about Apple and Google for a while now. Yes, No one's really seen it, right? Yes. No one's actually seen this thing come forward. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have no doubt that it's there, sitting somewhere. Um, I, I have visions of, of the Batmobile, you know, where Batman goes down and he says, what's that, you know? Yeah. I think that somewhere along the line it's going to come out. But I think that that um, that the Jewel Project is a great example of what actually is possible in South Africa. Yes. But we need to find better ways to realize it a- and how do we bring um our the the multinational supplier base that we have in South Africa into that picture stronger okay. um and and get real commitments around things like that and bring it forward yeah i think the, I think we're missing a piece of it uh in terms of in terms of sometimes we we can focus so much on the engineering the product we forget to market it. Okay. Right, yeah, and, and actually get it out there. And how do we how do we take it to the next level? Yeah. yeah. From from R and D to to enterprising it and making it a real thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um.
2: And so now, just uh, uh
1: another shift in in the discussion. Mm. Um, you know, we can't talk about transport and and vehicles and movement without bringing Uber and similar type of sharing services into mm. the conversation, because certainly they've had an impact on the industry. Oh yeah. Um. And. You know, in terms of what what you're hearing from the manufacturers, is has it increased like the sales of vehicles with all the Uber drivers proliferating? What is the impact? What are they seeing that the sharing economy, from a um, you know from a
2: call it a cab or taxi industry perspective, what are they seeing that that means for their industry? Uh, I haven't heard too much around you know it's wild the the registration of vehicles. Okay, because um, it looks like there's a you know these days if you if you drive a,
1: a Honda. Or, or a, Corolla, a Corolla. Then yeah, it's like, why are you driving an Uber? You know, that's,
2: that's kind of how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's true. So you're saying they haven't seen any? I, I haven't really seen it. I'm sure the, the OEs have got the stats in terms okay. of, in terms of what they're doing. I think that uh, again, it, it comes down to providing choice, right? Mm. I think that, um, that, that, that is a technology company that's disrupted the, the taxi business. Right. Okay. Uh, that, that's my view on it. Um, I, I, I don't subscribe to the, that they're the biggest taxi business, so I don't need taxis. Mm. I think they're a great IT company that's disrupted the taxi business, and there's a lot of ironing out of that, that situation needs to happen within a specific South African context, and it's happening in many cities around the world. challenges. what's the response from the traditional meter taxi guys? Um, I think that, that what it is interesting for me is, is that I, I look at it and go, it's it's people having uh, members of the public having access to choices. They've got another choice in terms of how they transport themselves, okay, um, and their family and their colleagues, and and as those choices evolve and mature, so we get closer to that that pivot point in 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 the market that says, do I really need to own a car? Mm. And I know one or two people who have already said, I mean, they live in Cape Town, you know, yeah. it's all great, right? Uh, it's do I really need to own a car anymore? I've got an Uber app. I can access transport. I've got you know things like MyCity or Riavaya. I've mm. got CarTrade. Um, in my nine to five day to day, do I really still need to own a car for those twenty one days that I go on vacation? Yeah. And are there other solutions out there? And I think that's quite an interesting thing, mm. right? I mean, if I said to you the average car ownership is let's say between three and seven thousand a month, if I said to you, utilize it for what you need. Take a portion of that for your transport requirements. But what would you do with an extra 3000 rand in your pocket every month? It changes well, everything. It could change your budget at home. Yeah. So, so access to transport and options around access to transport become critical in terms of disrupting the vehicle ownership cycle. Mm. But there's still kind of a
1: prestige, um, the sense of achievement to buying your first car. Oh, and, yeah. The badge you know, in the
2: parking the lot, lot the defines parking lot. who you so,
1: are, right? Uh, but I think we'll see that shifting, right? I,
2: I don't, I don't know how much of a shift. I think it, it'll be stratified, right? There'll be, str- there'll be strata in terms of, in terms of what value people attach to what's in the parking lot at the townhouse when you're having the bride watching the football. Mm. Um, I think that, that, uh, it will change. Um, very similar to how people consume media, radio, television, um, um, or, or on the screen. In terms of what we're doing, I think that's already starting in in different areas of the, of the, of the market. I think it'll happen in the, in, in in how we move ourselves around. Okay. You
1: see, and so you're thinking that people still want to say, I've got the, the beast
2: parked in the parking
1: lot of the vehicle.
2: I think some guys might. I think, I think other people will, will it still be important in 20 years time? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know the answer. Now before we wrap up, Mike. Sure. (laughs) Employment. We touched on it
1: earlier and it is, it is a critical um, conversation to have around any industry that's being disrupted, especially such a large, you know, employer. Mm. Um, You know, I gave indications around the US and I think even in South Africa, trucking business, taxi business, transport business is still quite substantial. Mm. Um, And, and I'm asking this question now, you know, kind of as part of closing our conversation, but, how do you see that we can have a vision around the automotive industry, which is now becoming even more linked to transportation or movement, if I can yeah. call it that, and making sure that we still grow economy, we still keep people employed?
2: Yeah. Um, it's, it's something on a personal level. I, I. I I haven't landed the answer, but the new terms they call it. They talk about a net net economy, right? Okay. They say. Can you elaborate you, on that? Yeah. yeah, as you digitally disrupt, you take a you 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 will lose jobs in automation in one area of the economy, but because you're automating and you're evolving on a technological level, you will create jobs in other areas of the economy. And okay. the net net discussion is, if I lose ten here, I should grow ten in another area. Okay. From a country perspective, we need to take cognizance of that discussion because we need to ready our people to, to take advantage of that, of the 10 new, new positions. If we don't, we're going to be in a net negative. We're going to lose the 10. But where
1: are those opportunities? I mean, if, if, if I'm sitting there and I'm a business owner, I'm a manufacturer, I'm a part supplier, I'm an OEM. Oh, I mean, I'm a franchise, I'm a franchise owner. Mm. Where are some of the areas to look?
2: I think you need to look at how you serve the client. Okay. And and really critically look at it. Um and and there's a part of your business that's gonna to need to run like it does today. You do deliver and sell cars and you service them. The other part of it is what if I as a dealer um put out a put out a um a car sharing scheme? Okay. And how do I service that market? Okay. And, and we need to ask ourselves these questions as well. Yes.
1: So it's about thinking completely differently. Get out of the how box. Get out of the box. Get out yeah. of the box. Yeah. And if you were to give us your definition then on the back of that of disruption, how would you define disruption
2: and frame it for us? Um, I think I'll come back to, to technology is going to help you do what you do today better, cheaper and faster. It's going to create you the can op- give you the opportunities to create new ways of doing business and you need to be open to that um and, and i think that's how i'd like to frame it as okay. a as a statement yeah
1: and your vision for i mean you South African um, yep. you African what's what's your vision for
2: in the midst of all of this
1: change and disruption what's your vision for the country
2: um i'd like us to get to a point where we're the leader in terms of the sub-saharan market in terms of how we how we link our cities our environment, our vehicles, and all of the ecosystems that feed into it, um, and we become the blueprint for, for sub-Saharan Africa, um, and, and how we, and, and, because the cities, the environment, the structure, and the vehicles and the, the stakeholders will all become connected. And I think we have a ve- we have a one chance to get that right and become the leaders in terms of that space and be the blueprint and how we take that northwards. And I think we should set out our stall as a nation now around that and really get everybody around the table and working towards that.
1: Particularly amongst the emerging markets because the specific challenges there, we, we can test you and we can come up with solutions to it. Exactly. And we have
2: a great. F- base to work off we've got great infrastructure in this country we need to use it as our competitive advantage and and and, and, and set out our store correctly as a nation
1: thank you very much Michael France the uh, head of uh, automotive sales for T-Systems South Africa and for T-Systems International it's been wonderful um, I mean I love cars so talking about anything to do with vehicles and cars is always a great conversation. Um, it's always interesting for me that in all these conversations we have, and I bring it back, it all comes back, you said it, to understanding your customers, mm-hmm. understanding the particular challenges in the environment that you work in and that the opportunities are there, but they're not necessarily in the traditional spaces that, that we would look. So it's not going to come from your dealer network specifically necessarily if you're in the automotive space. It might come from other industries that are ancillary. So thank you so much for sharing on the knowledge. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you to our sponsors, T-Systems, for making the platform possible on Disrupt with Mpumi. Uh, join us next week where we will be uh, tackling the subject of disruption and looking at another industry and how uh, changes in that industry are impacting all of us and really where the opportunities lie from an economy point of view. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.
2: This is